D-A-K-I-C-K-B-A-C-K. Another episode of The Kickback with Sabrina, Sharika, and E.B. Sit back, relax, and vibe. What's good, Kickback family? It's your boy E.B., and I am here with some of my favorite people. Um, One of the individuals who will be joining it who is joining us today have been on the pod before and we consider her a sister of the pod, a family, a friend, um, and for us, a financial consultant. And we'll get into more details of that later throughout the episode today. If I would have had to give my temp check, um, I would say the number is about an 82, 83. And y'all know that's on the lower side for, for me. And it's partially because of this Cold weather, this cold front that's in Florida. And I know for some of you lovely people, you say that, oh, no, this is not cold. This is just perfect. I can tell you that as Florida continues to be massive or I guess invaded by many people from other places, you are more than welcome to replace those individuals in some of those colder parts of our country if you love cold weather. Um, Places like, let me see, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, (laughs) Idaho, North Dakota, South Dakota. Um, Anywhere in the Midwest, Wisconsin, places that you probably would not want to go. They have cold weather a little more frequent than us, and they would welcome you. Um, For some of you who may look like the three of us who's currently on the screen, if you're watching it or if you're listening, you might know who we are. So if you look like us, they even sometimes give incentives to people who look like us to move and populate in certain parts of our country. So I would gladly encourage you to move to those places. My father finding for this week um, is that, you know, daycares are um, not the same everywhere. That's one. Um, We talked about how EJ was starting daycare and he definitely did. And actually the director of that um, child care development center is our guest and also a financial um, advisor consultant of whiz of all things finances. So shout out to my sister Maggie for that. But one of the things I learned is how there are still teachers. I know it's sometimes hard for, especially for new parents, as I've been learning to just kind of give your child away or to give something you care about away mm-hmm. for someone else to supervise or watch. But there are still people in this world who care deeply about kids who don't biologically belong to them or are not family relatives of theirs. And we've been experiencing that so far with just the care that he's been receiving, even before even starting. You just saw it in the hearts of his teachers and just the updates that we get throughout their, the app of, you know, from diaper changes to feeding to one of his teachers was telling us, hey, um, yeah, the, the amount that y'all giving him for food. Go ahead and up that because he killed that in no time. The little boy, be he loves to eat. Um, So little things like that, that some people, depending on where you go or how you are, they're like, yeah, he ate all his food. But they're not going to tell you that, oh, no, he he needs a little more. Let's go ahead and put some some weight on his little bones. Um, So it's it's just been good to see other people caring for um, your child. And I know we know or we hear the saying or the phrase that it takes a village. And you begin to notice that when you send your kid to the right child care. Sharika, Sabrina, Maggie, how y'all feeling? What's y'all temp like? Um, I'm feeling temp- pretty. Okay, Sabrina, you go ahead and go. <laughs> Sorry. I'm You're feeling fine. pretty good because it's the holiday season. And y'all know between Thanksgiving and really New Year's, my favorite time of year, I'm locked in on the Hallmark slash Lifetime movies. And I saw one last night called Mistletoe and Menorahs. And I'm always fascinated by Hanukkah because as a Christian, you know, our faith is like based in Judaism. So then I was looking at, is this something that Jesus would have done? And then have you guys ever been walking somewhere and then there's like a potential go down a dark alley 
And you're like, hmm, do I go down this alley? Do I not? <laughs> That's how I felt when I was looking up, like, if Jesus and the disciples celebrated the Festival of Light, because they were saying that the Hanukkah story is not necessarily recorded in canon scripture, but it is in the book of Maccabees in the Apocrypha. And that's where it ended for me. So, you know, I'm going to still say Happy Hanukkah. That movie made me want to get a little menorah light, but I'm, that's where it ends for me. I can't go to the Apocrypha because I don't know a lot about it. But when I hear that term, it feels like a dark alley. I'm like, are those the scriptures that were not in the Bible? And for what reasons? I'm going to trust the reasons that they weren't. But then it's like, I also read devotional books that my pastors write, and that's not in the Bible. So I'm a little torn, but I'm still just feeling very like, yay, tis the season because of yesterday. It's still really warm where I am. So sunny and 75. And if I had a song, it would be that little Adam Sandler song. (laughs) Happy Hanukkah. Come and get your yarmulke. Not the drink. Oh, I think he talks about drinking gin next. I don't know. Adam Sandler's crazy. But song is definitely a vibe. And Hanukkah starts before Christmas. It's the eight days before. So that's my vibe. Uh, Sharika and Maggie. That's funny. Um, Because, well, we actually heard that uh, Adam Sandler song a couple when I was with my family on vacation and my mom's like I do not like this song I was she was hating on that song I'm like this song is great it's so much fun she was like it's too repetitive for me I don't love that but anyway she's a music snob so you know I let her I let her be great but speaking of Hanukkah I know this is not part of my tempo because Sabrina talked about it did y'all see the Smokey Robinson's um, you know, like that cameo. So, you know, ca- you know what cameo is where people like, you know, you could pay someone to do, um, different, um, shout outs or happy birthdays or whatever, but somebody wanted a Hanukkah one. And he was like, I don't know what Chinooka is, but happy Chinooka. Oh, no. Yes. yes. No, was- not Chinooka. Yes. He was like, so I'm only saying it because someone requested me to do it. A happy Chinooka. So happy Chinooka, whatever Chinooka is. And so please, he- kids, remember to stay in school. <laughs> stay in school. That's the importance yeah, of school. I know. It was very embarrassing. And it's like, wow. But, I mean, I don't know. I just I just had to cackle because, I mean, old people be old peopling. I mean, that's all I can say. <laughs> but yeah, he should have known better. He should have did better. He should have. Um, I feel like I should have too because everybody's on camera. This is why I'm not on camera. I'm in the robe and they had wraps. So <laughs> this will be on YouTube for everyone to see. But it's been a crazy, I was telling Edie and Shrika, it's a crazy work week because everyone's getting off for the holidays and anything can happen at any given time. And I have to be comfortable. So I'll be on camera for as long as I'm here to respect it. But just like he said, Shanika, I'm feeling like the Shanika of the group. <laughs> Everybody has great backgrounds and Evie with his little mic. And here I am <laughs> as I am. So keeping it real. <laughs> Listen, the one thing about the kickback is we always say we're going to keep it real with y'all. If that means a robe and a head wrap, that means a robe and a head wrap. That's what it is. You know what? It is what, what it is. is. It is what it is. I is good though. As you can see, I feel joyful. I know I sound a little hoarse. We had a little holiday party on Sunday and I was getting too much in the spirit. I not, you know, not with the drinking, but you know, with the loud talking, the yelling, it was games. It was fun. And it was, it was a good time, but also yeah, my voice had a little bit too much of a good time. And now I'm, you know, a little hoarse. But other than that, I am really good. 
as Sabrina says, it's, it's the holiday season. And so, you know, that's always brings an added level of joy and excitement. So I'm happy, you know, we're a couple wait, days away or a week or two weeks or so from Christmas. So fam, looking forward to family time. My temp is um, <clears throat> 70. I am enjoying the cool weather, unlike EB, even though I, I have not left my house today. I can't really say, but I love when it's cool outside. And I guess EB's kicking me out of the state of Florida. So we'll see, where it's, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But yeah, my um, holiday song for you guys this week is um, Joy to the World. And because um, you know what? The world needs a little bit more joy. It's a lot going on. And people out here stealing feet, Salvation Army food trucks. I mean, it's just it's just crazy out what? here in the street. I just saw that on EB's um, Instagram feed. And I was like, I, I was just like, wow. A whole food truck. Uh-huh. For the homeless. Food, you know, For the homeless. homeless. The whole the whole canteen. The little it's a they they converted a transit van into like a canteen. So they feed the homeless of the DC area. And um I will say at, at this time, according to the comments, I have not done a deep dive on it. So if you want to be one of those people, please you're more than welcome to. But from my understanding, it was either a teenager or a young adult and that individual or that culprit has been arrested. Um, but just kids out here while. It's crazy because the whole thing is Salvation Army things on the side. It ain't like a, a regular plane truck that, I mean, van that you could just, hey, blend in with the crowd. It is marked. It is very obvious. But you know what? People just need the Lord. So I'm singing joy to the world. The Lord has come. We need him this season in <laughs> every season. That was a lot. But hey, Maggie, our <laughs> friend, our sister, how is your temp today? Hmm, let's see. I think I'm at probably 85. Um, I'm still off of the high two from the Christmas party. And then I thought about it. I said, you know, one thing we didn't have was eggnog. And I really love eggnog during the season. Um, but yep, I'm I'm currently just at an 85. Today has just been a crazy day just in general, running around at work. I'm literally on my lunch break, hanging out with you guys. And then I'm going back to work to go hang out with EJ for a little bit. And then, um, then my day will be over. So so glad he's with us, by the way, EB. He's doing so good. Um, and I get to, you know, go in there and hold him and show a little bit of favoritism, but not too much. Because, you know, <laughs> I love all the children, or at least I'm supposed to say that. Um, but, yeah, so I'm at an 85. Um, I guess if I would have to pick a song, it probably would be, um, hmm, let's see, maybe Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Always maybe a classic. Yeah. So just finishing off, like all I want for Christmas is maybe a break or all I want for Christmas is a timeout or all I want for Christmas is my kids stop telling me what they want for Christmas. Um, but that's that's my attempt today. All right. Keeping it real. Listen, mm-hmm. it'd be like that. It'd be like that. So, um, Maggie, we're, we have had you on the podcast before, but as we prepared for this series of New Year Best You, we were like, Gotta have Maggie back because you know what? Maggie comes with the financial knowledge. She just comes with all kinds of knowledge. As e- EB says, she knows childcare stuff. She's a mom. She's a wife. 
So you you know that comes with its own level of expertise if you ask me, because she's been doing this for many years, celebrated a big milestone anniversary uh, not too long ago. So she's comes with a wealth of knowledge. But one of the things I wanted her to talk about again is financial um literacy, stability, all the financial stuff, because when we uh, are working on being our best selves, we got to have our finances in order. We can't be our best selves and, and got our money all or ain't got no money, money all out of whack, you know, and we, you know, and you can start for with a little, I loved last month, Maggie had on her Instagram or on the Charles Financial Solutions Instagram of how to say, was it 500? In a, month. in a month, mm-hmm. in, a, in one month. And, you know, I liked, she would share people saying, save my little, you know, do the little check off on the d- different milestones. So there's just a wealth of knowledge and a lot of practical tips and tricks that Maggie is, you know, can share with us. So I was like, we got to have her back. So I know I shared a lot about you, Maggie, but is there anything you just want to share with the people as we get started? Sure. Um, So first of all, for anyone who don't know who I am, my name is Maggie Charles. Um, I own a little company, not so little, um, named Charles Financial Solutions. Um, I love all things people. um, And just to help people um, manage their finances better, help them, you know, get out of debt, basically live your best life or a better life. During the Mm -hmm. day, I am also a center director. So I manage um, a facility for children uh, six weeks to five years old. And then at night, um, Charles uh, Financial Solution is in uh, full effect. And so that's just a little bit about me. Um, in terms of just getting ready for the new year, um, obviously goal setting is very important. Um, in terms of just number one, I would honestly say just get yourself an accountability partner. Somebody, whether it's a financial coach like myself, somebody who can help you walk through the plan. If you're married, whether it's your spouse, if you're single, a friend, obviously we can't do this thing called life alone. So get yourself a buddy, somebody to keep you accountable, especially when you're going over your finances or you're not necessarily meeting those goals and those targets. You need somebody to just quickly like help you press the pause button or just check you on what's going on. So that would be the first tip was definitely get yourself an accountability partner. That that's a great tip, Maggie, and and also reminds me that if you want to accountability accountability party, you got to be ready to be held accountable. Okay, that's so fine. you got to be real with yourself now. You know when you're doing finances, you know one of my struggles is I I will say I got a plan, but my plan is ever shifting. And you know how do you? I know accountability is one of the great ways that you can stay consistent or follow the plan that you have because you said you got to have goals. But what for like people who meet like me, Maggie, I'll say I'm putting myself out here who struggle with the, you know what, I had this plan, but you know what, that's those shoes are kind of cute. You know, maybe I can move a little things around here and there and we can get the shoes today and save tomorrow. What do you say to people like that? So, you know, everybody obviously need a plan. You need to write it down, right? The Bible says, like, write the vision, make it plain. So writing it down, having a plan. So, you know, not everybody likes the B word, budgeting, right? Not the mm-hmm. other B word. Um, budgeting. 
<laughs> so, um, but budgeting is very important. So when you budget, basically you're taking your monthly finances and you're basically, you know, figuring out what's going on with your finances. Where's your money going? How are we spending this money? And if you do have the extra money to spend on those new shoes, then go right ahead. But if you have other things that are priorities, then you need to basically take care of your business first. So when it comes to budgeting, I always recommend that you take care of what I call like your four walls. So basically like food, shelter, transportation, and clothing. So making sure that your priorities are already, you know, set and straight. So if you have enough money, obviously you need to pay your bills, right? Your utilities, your housing, you need somewhere to live, your car needs gas. These are necessities. So once you create your budget and all your necessities are taken care of, if you have room for the extra things, then definitely include that in. Because, you know, when it comes to budgeting, you also don't want it to be too restrictive um, because then it gets boring or it's not fun or you feel like you just have no wiggle room. And that's where I see a lot of my clients. They're ready to like just throw in a towel because they're like, forget this. This is crazy. I can't, you know, keep up with it. But baby steps, right? So um, when you create the budget, I also recommend uh, you create what's called a zero-based budget. So it's basically you telling all your dollars, every single penny, where to go, what to do. So whether or not you're allocating, which means that you're sending money, so you're sending money to like your bills or you're sending money to housing, everything basically has a job to do. So when it comes to your money, all your dollars have a job to do. And once that's completed, then your budget is basically complete. I love that. Those are clear, actionable goals that people can follow. And as far as I don't know, um, when it comes to having an accountability partner, when it comes to it being your spouse, because sometimes your spouse is too good at their job. I will say uh, that <laughs> kickback has heard a lot about Doug over the years. But if there's one person that would be like, hey, what was this five cent? Or, hey, I saw this. I'm like, God dang, Douglas Kemper. Um, to him so, and Alan talk too much because Alan the same way. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's not even that I'm just a super spender. I'm just, maybe I have too much faith in God, Doug. I don't know. I just feel it'll all work out. Like we're fine. And he's like, we are fine. And write it down like Maggie said, make the vision plain. Um, But my question really stems from, just spouses and money conversations in general, because I have a lot of friends, sorority sisters who can't, even I will put my mom and dad on blast. They do not share their finances, who don't share their finances with their spouse. And they just think it's the craziest idea. And they're like, keep it separate, blah, blah, blah. So what do you say to those who are married and don't want to do a zero-based budget because they just feel like my money's my money, your money's your money, I'll cash up you for the toothpaste. And I wish I was making that up. That's what they be doing. I asked them. I was like, what? She was like, well, if I get a coffee, sometimes he'll pay for me. I'm like, that's just, it feels like more work. But yeah, Maggie, what would you say to couples who come to you like that and they're separate? So I will say, obviously, to each their own, if you figured out that that's what works, you know, in your relationship, um, you know, definitely have it. You have couples that each have their own, you know, separate bank accounts and you have couples that have one main account where they each contribute to that main account that takes care of the household. And then they each have their own little like fun money or whatever the case may be. I think it really all stems down to just going back to maybe like the psychology piece of it. So one conversation I always have with married couples is um Basically, like we go back, go back to your first money memory. What does that look like? So usually by the age of seven, children have already established what money is, how to use it and whether or not, you know, 
is good or bad or whatever the case may be. And all that is stem from obviously our childhood experiences, our childhood traumas or whatever the case may be. So one question I always have um, and one exercise I always have my clients do is um, talk to me about your um, first money memory and what that looks like. And so it helps you understand your spouse a little bit better. So for example, for their spouse who money was tight growing up or whatever the case may be, they're more of the saver. They, you know, want to make sure that, you know, they have enough for a rainy day or the next day. For others who where money wasn't, you know, not really an, an issue or an op option or whatever the case may be, they're more um, free when it comes to the finances. Like, oh, we don't have to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to worry about himself itself. So basically when you have, you know, the conversation and just that, that, you know, in depth, like dealing with, you know, some of that, that earlier years type of um, situation, it helps you to better understand your spouse. So if it works in your household where you have two separate accounts and make it work, I do know. And I have clients who do do the whole cash app, I'll cash app you this, or this is my money, your money. And honestly speaking, it's just things, traumas that still have not been able to be dealt with, right? Because when, you know, you deal with that type of thing, then the trust is there. So unless, you know, you're going through like additional counseling or whatever the case may be to deal with some of the surface issues, then, you know, it magnifies the other areas in your life. And obviously finance is usually a big one. So, you know, they do say that 50% of marriages break up, you know, when it comes to finances. And it's, it's true because money problems is not a problem um, anybody wants to have. But then when you have children and other things thrown in the mix, um, everybody's just, you know, running for help. So. Yeah, definitely. That's some good stuff. Um, thank you, Sabrina, for that question and Sharika. So my question is similar to Sabrina's own, but just on a little, I guess we'll rewind a little bit just because of some of the people that we have an influence on here in the kickback. Um, how would you challenge um, some of our, I guess I'll say young adults, college students who may be in a serious relationship and looking at the big picture of marriage and big goals like from marriage to should I get that new car? Should I get that house? And I know you said the zero balance budget and finding ways to save, like, you know, what does that look like for somebody who's looking at a future with someone or a big purchase? What are some steps that you encourage them to lean in on? Sure. Um, so realistically, I, I truly believe that, you know, whatever it's the future holds for you or whatever you want it to look like, you envision that figure out, like put a monetary amount, whether it's a percentage or whatever, put something behind it. So if you want to live like a leverage lifestyle, how much money do, do you need to make in order to live this lifestyle that you want to acquire? And then on the back end, then on the flip side, you do the work, right? So whether it's, you know, getting the knowledge, the degree or whatever case may be, find your job that's going to help support the lifestyle that you want to live. So a lot of times people go into like debt and different things like that is because you're trying to live a lifestyle, but the math is not math then, right? And so um, it doesn't it doesn't really make any sense because, you know, you want to live the life of the rich and famous, but your dollars is telling you that um, you can't afford this right now and you need to put it back. And so just really um, putting it down first on paper, what what you want, like the lifestyle you want to live, obviously having an income goal. So whether it's fifty thousand dollars, if I want to make fifty thousand dollars a year, what are you doing to make this fifty thousand dollars a year? Um same thing with savings. You want to save, okay, how much of my paycheck am I going to save? Am I going to save 20%? Am I going to save 10%? Same thing with investing and different things like that. So really just putting a monetary value behind it, it makes things a little bit more clear than just saying, okay, I need to budget, whatever the case may be. Because for a lot of people, when it comes to like budgeting and saving and debt, 
some of it is an income issue where you need a higher paying job, whether or not it's getting, you know, a side hustle, it's, you know, um, increasing, you know, your hustle income. And then the other part of it is just really paying attention to your spending and, you know, different spending habits. So like, uh, Sharika mentioned I had the $500 challenge in a month or whatever the case may be. And for some people, that's like, you know, a cup of coffee or eating out or whatever the case may be. And, you know, many people will say, well, you know, a cup of coffee isn't going to, at the end of the day, make me rich. But it's all about discipline, right? So what you're trying to do is you're trying to build this discipline, you know, at the end of the day, so that you can begin to afford the things that you want in the future, if that makes sense. Definitely makes sense. Definitely. Yes. Makes a lot of sense. And I think um, that what I've been learning um, is that the finances or what even from what you've been saying today, that the finances is not really the issue, but the finances highlight a lot of other issues that you may be having, whether that's a lack of trust whether that is you're struggling with discipline or whatever have you, or whether you're trying to, um, you know, whether you're leaning into some of your past traumas or fears or things like that. So it seems like the finances is really uh, the avenue in which a lot of your issues are, are, I guess, brought to the surface. So that's one of the things that I, I, didn't always think about, but that is important to realize when you're starting to tackle some of these issues to realize that it might not, it's really may not really be about the money Mm -hmm. itself. It's a lot. It might be about a lot of other things. Yeah. And so even like, for example, um, like your health, right? Just knowing your numbers in general, I always tell people, do you know your numbers? And when I say that, they always think it's always about like, what's your credit score, whatever the case may be. But like, realistically like do you know your like your blood pressure like like how are you like health wise so when it comes to even like health a lot of my clients right now we're really focusing on like just better healthy habits and different things like that because at the end of the day even like medical issues or whatever the case may be it all stems down you know to your finances so like meal planning is you know things that we do and it's not only because it's going to obviously save you money but also on the back end if you have other goals like a fitness goal, like you want to lose weight or whatever the case may be. So I think everything just intertwines um, with each mm-hmm. other at the end of the day. So my question is, um, one of my questions is um, different financial people, and maybe this there's not like a right answer, but I guess want to hear your perspective on this. A little different financial people say different things regarding credit cards and things like that. Some people are like, absolutely no credit cards. Some people are like, okay, you can have a medical for emergency, whatever. So different people say different things regarding credit cards. What do you say regarding about credit cards? So credit cards is always a, a touchy issue, right? Um, the average American has six credit cards. Um, so when it comes, yes, <laughs> you'd be surprised well, like big. Mm. Um, and so when it comes to credit cards, like I, going back to discipline, it's all about mm. discipline. Do you know how to use your credit cards correctly? So I personally have credit cards. Um, we learn how to, I teach my clients how to leverage the credit cards. That means you're using your credit cards for a benefit. There's nothing wrong with having credit cards. Honestly, when income comes into um, our bank account, we literally pay all of our bills besides our mortgage on credit cards. Why? Because it earns us points and different things like that. And then on the back end, I pay off the entire credit card 
in that month with the finances that I already know, money that I already know that's coming in. Meaning at the end of the month as well, I have not accrued any interest. I don't have to pay anything back because I paid everything off. And on the back end, I'm now making more money on top of the money that I spent because of the credit card. So it's really learning how to leverage a credit card. Now, I will say, if you're not disciplined, you don't know how to use a credit card, you feel like you're going to go to the store and, you know, run up a credit card, then do not get one or get one with a smaller balance. Um, so for example, when I was a freshman in college, I went to Europe uh, on spring break. So I had a credit card and I maxed it out. And then I had one credit card to pay for another credit card. Obviously, I did not know anything about finances. And then when you uh, transfer, you know, the European dollar to the American dollar, which is definitely not the same, it just it was just a disaster waiting to happen. But um, I wasn't financial literate and I had nobody helping me through the process. Um, but it's like I said, it's all about, you know, discipline. So you have to you have to know yourself. And this is where we go back to that accountability. Right. You have an accountability partner. So the person who can check you is that, you know, you might probably not ready for one credit card or two credit cards or whatever. And then mm -hmm. there are certain credit cards that serve different purposes, whether, you know, you're a family who likes to travel or, you know, different things like entertainment perks. So different things that um you know, pertain to you. Am I saying that credit card is bad? Absolutely not. Because when it comes to credit cards, you need that. In order for you to have a credit score, credit, right? Score, you need a credit card. You need credit cards, you need other debt because it's really a debt score. It's how much money that you're spending, um, you know, on a monthly basis. And then that's what's, you know, increasing or decreasing, you know, your score. So just as long as you're paying it off and you're using it wisely, absolutely get yourself a credit card get um, several credit cards because it also will help your credit score. But if you don't know what you're doing, um, feel free to <laughs> contact me at charlesfinancialsolution.com yes. or get yourself an accountability partner or somebody who can just, you know, help you through or work you through the process. I will tell you, I have some credit cards that I use maybe once or twice a year. I have it because it definitely leverages my credit. There have high increase limits and that looks good. It looks good for me on paper. Um, but that's what, what I do when it comes to credit uh, credit cards. The credit card conversation is making me think of another relational conversation, kind of in the same family that Evie was asking about earlier. Because when I was in college, I did have a lot of friends who had credit cards. I was terrified of them just because my parents just, they didn't really talk about having the discipline for a credit card. They were just like, don't get a credit card. Um, and they racked up all this debt. And then I think about like a lot of people do meet, you know, they're forever a little boo at that age. So what are like your top two or maybe top three red flags? If you are a young adult or somebody, maybe you're not young, maybe you're 45, you're just now meeting the love of your life. You're not married or engaged, but you're having this finance conversation and oh, Bay has $50,000 worth of credit card debt or Bay seems to just spend whatever and not care if they're overdraft or whatever. So I'm curious from a financial professional, is there hope for people like that? Do you have hope for them? Or is that a fair reason to be like, love you so much. Thanks for the memories. <laughs> So I think I think there's hope for everyone if you put in the work, right? So this mm. is being like a financial counselor. You're obviously going to some type of counseling or therapy or whatever the case may be to work through the issues. Um, if you're getting married and a person has fifty thousand dollars worth of debt, or they're just you know spending frivolously or whatever the case may be, then you're getting a sneak peek into what your future is going to look like if things don't change. So so definitely you look at it as like. 
not only but a red flag, but almost like a thank you, Jesus, because what in the world is going on, right? And so um, for certain people, if they don't change those habits, then that is going to be your future, you know, going into, um, you know, insufficient funds and different things like that. Um, because, and that person needs to be able to work on that debt personally before bringing you into the situation. So if they cannot do it alone, then, you know, adding you to the mix won't necessarily be helpful because then the burden and the responsibility is going to be, you know, my job to try to help you to either one, get out of debt, or it's going to, you know, put a hindrance on the relationship because you're going to feel like you're the one who's always like hounding and the finances and everything, you know, falls on your shoulders. And so that's not fair either. So if the person's willing to put in the work or whatever the case may be, because a lot of it obviously is just lack of education, right? So, you know, the knowledge of, you know, uh, poly, um, knowledge is power, right? But you have to apply it, right? Application of knowledge is power, not just knowledge is power. So they're able to, you know, apply what they're learning, then yes, absolutely, there is hope. But if not, so if after you had the conversation, a couple of months go by, these habits are still happening, then, you know, there's your um, basically uh, lens into what's what's to come. Definitely. That's some good advice and some good wisdom. So basically on that one, I think I would say, you know, if you're seeing certain things and you don't see an individual discipline, then you might want to reconsider maybe that person that you're, you think is forever. Cause sometimes we'll think that somebody is forever because of longevity, longevity in a relationship. But if they truly care about you, him, her, you know, whatever, however they identify, then there'll have to be some form of loyalty in the communication that y'all have um, with each other. So Maggie on that last one, you was just talking about the debt that people may have, or they may incur and what that discipline looks like of what they're doing. Um, we I've heard, and I think Sabrina and Sharika probably heard these same, but you're the expert here where we've heard people talk about an avalanche approach where you get the biggest debt that you have first and you start knocking down. Then others have talked about a snowball effect where you kind of get the go from the smallest debt that you have um, to the one to the, I guess, to the highest. I know for me, and I'll just give a little glimpse about mine. It's like, I remember having a car loan. And at the time I had like, 10, 10 or 11,000 left um, on the car loan. And I was also in school at the time and I was looking at my interest rate on the car because like you said earlier of your, your credit cards when you did the Europe trip, nobody told me about this 26% interest rate on a vehicle. Like I wasn't coached on that until I started doing some research and I'm only 22, 23 at the time where I was like, well, I'm in school and I see these student loans interest rate is 4% and I'm smart enough to know that difference. So I just took out extra student loans and paid it off at once. Cause I'm like, let me just do this. Cause I'm gonna figure something out and I'll just deal with the student loan. But when you, when people are trying to figure out that debt and they don't want to go into maybe that relationship with a lot of debt, what are some better practices or is there a better way as far as the snowball or the avalanche or what are the steps to pay off debt? So like you said, the snowball um, is basically, you know, taking your um, smallest amount of debt and you're paying that off first and as the you know snowball right begin uh, continues to grow that's how you pay off your debt and then the avalanche is almost a little bit almost like the uh, opposite where avalanche um, focuses on your interest rate so you're paying off the debt with the highest interest rate first um and then you know you're going through your debts that way I recommend, honestly, um, the snowball because it goes back to discipline, right? So when you do the snowball and you have maybe five debts and your first debt is like $500 and then the other debts um, increase, once you pay off that $500, you get so motivated, you build momentum and it helps you to continue on your journey. Um, paying off a high interest um, rate debt 
might not necessarily do the same, especially if that line is like $1,500 or $3,000 and you're looking like, oh my gosh, it's going to take me so long to pay this off where on the flip side, if you just did the snowball, it would probably take you maybe a couple of months or whatever the case may be um, to pay it off. So I definitely uh, recommend the snowball method um, in that sense. Um, because it's just, like I said, it helps you build momentum. You get a little bit more, you know, motivated and that's all you need. You need to just cross one off the list. Cause one, once one gets off the list, you're just like, okay, I'm going to continue doing whatever I need to do. So whether that's a side hustle, that's going through your house, finding whatever's old that you can sell from iPads to, I mean, when we were doing this journey, my husband and I, we were selling everything that was extra. Like, I mean, we just almost didn't sell the kids, but I mean, they were close maybe, but we were selling everything from like old bicycles to like clothing to like iPads, whatever. Because once we paid off that first debt, we're like, okay, this is more realistic. Like we can do it. And that's what you need. You need small wins to continue on, you know, the journey. You are right about that. And um, you do have little, you, you know, and I think it is good to celebrate those wins along the way. My question is for people who... I mean, I, I first thought about this for young people, but there are grown people who suffer from the theme or the, 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 I don't remember what the, the phrase, uh, keeping up with the Joneses, you know, you know, they're, they're, whether you're young people or whoever and they're like, Hey, we're going out and you're like, I can't really afford to go out, but let me do this or do that. Or you just find yourself, you know, whether it's, I got a house. My friend got a bigger house. Well, now maybe I need a bigger house or they got a nicer car or whatever. A lot of people suffer from feeling financially or that financial insecurity. I don't know if that's incorrect term, but basically they don't feel their finances are up to everybody else's standard, but they don't want to be looked at differently. What kind of advice do you give to those people? So I will honestly say FOMO is real, right? The fear of missing out is real. And sometimes it's hard. It's hard for you to say no when everybody, because you're just like, but I want to do that too. But if your finances at the time doesn't allow you to do that, then honestly, don't do it. It would, you would rather like not participate than to go into deeper debt and dig yourself in a, in a bigger hole. So I will say that um, the term, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and on the back end in the, in the financial world is always, you know, said that, you know, you buy things, you know, to impress people that you don't like. At, you know, the Joneses are rich or from what you see, they look like they're rich, but the Joneses could be knee, debt, uh, knee deep in credit card debt. They can't afford their car and their house is going to get closed on. But you don't know that because that's the Joneses business and that's what they do behind closed doors. So I always encourage my clients to look, drink your water and mind your business. Like worry about yourself, right? Self-care is important in all areas. And when it comes to your finances, I, you know, I encourage people to do the same. So um, I totally understand the fear of missing out. And if that's the case, then in your budget, create a line that says fun line or fun money or whatever the case may be. And every month, you know, put some money aside so that you can have some fun. But know that once that money is gone, then it is gone and until the next month rolls around. Um, but don't necessarily, you know, do things to impress other people or whatever the case may be. Now, if all these things are happening and people want to pay for you and they have invited you, by all means, enjoy yourself on somebody else's dime. But um, in the meantime, don't don't do it to yourself, friend. Don't go into debt. 
um, for just a, a moment, you know, a little experience or a moment um, of gratification. Because in the long run, if you put it on your credit card, like E.B. said, that 20% or 26%, um, that adds up. And Serena's <laughs> like, yes, friend, <laughs> it adds up. And so um, you definitely don't want, don't, don't do it to yourself. Exactly. I always thought the interest was wild when you don't have it because it's not like layaway, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you didn't have the $5, what makes you think you're going to have $5 plus 25%? Like mm-hmm. you ain't got it. Uh, it makes me laugh. It, th- it makes me think of um, Proverbs 13, 11, which says dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. And that speaks to like that discipline that Maggie was talking about. And Maggie, I unfortunately have to hop off soon, but before I do, I want to ask a question related to that discipline. What do you say to the person who's like, okay, I hear you. How do I start? Let's say they're a single person. They don't have a spreadsheet. They don't have an app, but they heard you talk about zero-based budgeting and they're like, okay, now what? Email me. Email me, charlesfinancialsolution at gmail.com. I got you. Honestly speaking, um, you know, Google is your friend. It could be your enemy too, but it definitely is your friend. So if you're looking for like a basic template, template, then Google that. Um, but if you just need a step-by-step of where to start, um, start with one, writing everything down on paper, seeing where your finances are. What does that mean? Um, seeing whether or not, you know, you're paying um, all your bills off and whether or not you're paying them on time. One exercise I love to do with my client so you can actually see where your money is going is you go back two months and you literally line by line write down where every money, where every dollar went. So you have a line for food, you have a line for your rent, housing or whatever, and you allocate. And so when you do that, you can begin to see like, okay, maybe I am spending too much money on fast food. If you're spending like $600 on fast food, then there's a problem. We need to start meal prepping, um, you know, and, and, and changing, you know, habits, or maybe you're spending, you know, too much on coffee or whatever the case may be. Like I said, smaller things, like if it's like, you know, $5 here and there, we're not going to get rich off of that stuff, but it does all go back to the discipline. So find out where your money's going first so that you can figure out, you know, what to do with it. Uh, when it does come into your bank account. Absolutely. Thank you, Maggie. You're my recommends for today. It's always a pleasure. Happy. And this was great advice for the holidays too, because that's really when people just forget that January bills are coming. Like exactly. And I will say too, like, um, like when it comes to like, even something as small as gift gift cards that people get for, you know, the holidays. Um, people buy gift cards and they hand them off for the holidays. I will tell you, I think they're like, I did a survey the other day, it was like a billion dollars worth of just outstanding gift card amounts that are out there. Because I'm sure if you pulled up your wallet or whatever the case may be, you probably have a couple gift cards right now that you have not used that you got from last year or maybe the year before or whatever the case may be. So little things like that. So really, you know, if it comes to the holiday and holiday spending, you know, keep that on the budget as well. Like, does everybody get a $25 gift or everybody gets something that they need? Um, I will tell you here in our household, um, we love children um, and we love adults as well, but we don't give adult gifts because they're adults, right? And so... <laughs> So why do you, you know, why do you need a a gift during Christmas? Um, So, you Mm -hmm. know, do do whatever works for you. Amen. See ya. Bye. So I do have a question for you, Maggie, as we wrap up the Q&A time and then we'll dive into the expound and then our recommends um, for the day. My question is, 
I did the zero balance budget or I figured everything out where every dollar goes, what would you recommend for somebody who's trying to get to live their best life? And they're trying to, um, I think, as you always mention it, like, you know, you build the sense of wealth. Like, I don't want to just be rich. I want to build this wealth. How much would you recommend or encourage people to try to save as they're looking at their budgets and their different line items after they get to that point of this is where I'm at? Awesome. So you created your budget. All your bills are taken care of. You covered your four walls or whatever the case may be. You even have some money set aside. So when it comes to saving, I would recommend about at least 20%. Save at least 20% of your income. And what I'd also recommend is that you pay yourself first, meaning that your savings need to be automatic. So it's not going to be like, oh, I get paid. I'm going to move this money over. Because as soon as you have that mindset, something's going to happen. Somebody's going to invite you to a concert. You're going to want to go to the movies. And the money that you were going to supposed to put in savings all of a sudden just disappear. And then you're going to be playing catch up next month. So make it automatic. So, you know, your bank or whatever the case may be, you know, do the math. If it's like $100 or $250, you know, um, every month or whether or not you want to do it, you know, biweekly because that's how you get paid. Make it automatic so that that money's automatically just going into your your savings account because, you know, out of sight is out of mind. It doesn't touch your fingers. You don't see it. And, you know, you get to save that way. I also recommend investing. So investing, you know, in yourself, investing your present self, which would mean saving, but also investing your future self, 401k, Roth IRAs. So, you know, we live for today, but we also, you know, have to live for tomorrow as well. And the Bible says that, you know, we leave, you know, legacies for our children and our children's children. So we need to be able to build that wealth. So that wealth comes from investing so that that's money that's growing, even when you're, you know, you're sleeping or whatever the case may be, because the market is always forever fluctuating or, or whatever the case is. So I definitely recommend um, at least 20%. If you can make it 30%, fantastic. If you are um, married um, and you can afford to live off of one income, that would be golden. Um, you know, not too many people do it nowadays, but, you know, do whatever fits your, you know, financial um, goal or whatever the case may be, but just have one, like start with just having a goal, start with just putting numbers down on paper so that you can really see, you know, what, what you want to do with the rest of your life or what you want to do with the present moment. Cause even when it comes to retirement, do you want to, you know, work until you're like 67, 70? Or are you trying to retire at an age where you can actually enjoy your retirement and what that looks like? For me, I mean, life is too short. Um, and so I try to maximize on, um, you know, all these different opportunities and, you know, spending time with family and different things like that are very, you know, important to me. Um, because and, and you you two know why, but um, because it is. And so as a as a result, you know, don't wait, you know, until later to to spend or enjoy enjoy life you um you hit a lot of things that i was thinking about too um especially for when we're younger um you don't think about retire you think oh retirement's so far away but how you get to retire is when you're saving in is the is before the retirement we can't think about retirement when retirement is upon us. It's a little too late at that point. And I think it's so important to evaluate all these different aspects of our lives and how we want to live our lives. What are the things that are important to us and that kind of stuff. So it is so important to have our finances in order. So thank you so much, Maggie, for sharing that. And as we wrap up this time, is there anything else that you just want to say, whether it was a question we had or anything else you just thought about, you know what? 
before I leave, I want them to know this about finances or what anything, you know, I'll give the floor over to you to just give your final, um, anything you want to find, say in, in the, girl, I'm losing my words. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. As we wrap me, up, is there anything else you wanted to say? Nope, I got you. Um, so I think just going back to the retirement piece, um, the sooner the better, right? So don't wait until you get older. If you're in your 20s, um, you, you're even in your teens, you have your uh, little job or whatever the case may be, put some money aside. Um, definitely, I would recommend everybody saving, um, saving some type of emergency fund um, for a rainy day because emergencies, they're always going to happen. We just need to be prepared. So cover yourself. Uh, I think my last tidbit will also be when it comes to covering yourself and investing yourself. Um, a lot of uh, things people forget about is insurance. So uh, making sure that you're covered when it comes to, you know, like health insurance, life insurance, making sure you're covered in that aspect, especially if you have, you know, a family, um, children, um, please make sure that you're covered um, in that aspect as well. Definitely. Thank you for, again, that wisdom. I know that's been one of the things as I look at, like my idea would be 60 at the max, but I would prefer to retire at 55. But I've seen a lot of people continue to work because of the sake of health insurance from their jobs. Now, granted, we all know that there's other options out there, but for some of the places you just really got to find the best deal because of just outrageous prices and you just got to make sure you do your homework. Um, I know sometimes we look for name brand things or the best or the top of the line, but sometimes the quality is the same when you um, do your due diligence when it comes to research. Um, as far as research and as far as uh, my expounding today, it's not on the topic of what we talked about as far as our financial literacy, but it does dive into the sake of um, us being disciplined with our own words, but also being disciplined on how we respond to other people. There are two um, I guess I'll say in the best way, tragic stories that um, I'm going to share for us today. And it's just frustrating of how things continue to happen in our world and how we as a, for, especially for our listeners who are believers, as a, as a body of believers, but also as a community of people, how we have to do, do better. Um, recently, you may have heard that the University of Nevada, Las Vegas had a shooting there. And the gunman um, was a um, was a tenured professor who resigned after making inappropriate comments at a female student. Female student was about 24, 25 um, at a school called Eastern Carolina University, which is actually the school that Sabrina um, graduated from and attended. Um, but then he resigned from that job, went to another place, went to Las Vegas to try to get a job there. And basically applied, applied, applied to different jobs and basically just kept on getting denied and was frustrated at the world, um, created a hit list at these two different um, higher educational institutions. And the people that he killed wasn't even the individuals on his hit list. Um, so my challenge to all people is one, just mind your words when you're speaking to people, but also mind your words, gentlemen, or even ladies, because sometimes ladies say inappropriate comments to other ladies, but, um, we have to respect our women and y'all heard it from me before in this podcast, but we've all come from a woman, whether we wanted to or not, whether you want to be here or not, but like the world wouldn't multiply if it wasn't for, um, the beings that God created as women who basically make the world go round. Um, the other one that I have for you, again, is another, um, I guess I'll say tragic story. At least it's tragic for me. And then now it's kind of different. Like as an uncle, it was definitely something that I always paid attention to being in the life of my nieces and nephews. But now as a father, it's just slightly different. But for parents who have nieces, nephews, kids who you lead in life, 
um, whoever parents just watch what they do in other spaces. Maybe even when you're in the house, maybe you even set up rules of saying, Hey, just a heads up, whether you're here, whenever you're here, just know this is my house. I'll come in this room whenever I want, or I'll listen to whatever you're listening to whenever you, whenever I want. Like I know for me working at our summer camp that we have throughout the summer, we're working with kids as far as on our staff that age from 15 to mid twenties. And it'll be times where they know, like, if I walk by you and I tap my ear, that means either take your headphones off or let me hear what you're listening to. Just because we want to know what's going on at all times. And, you know, this is our camp. But right now you have the opportunity to work under my leadership and we're going to make sure that we all on the same page. But recently, a child in Texas um, died by suicide um, during an online gaming following following um, alleged bullying where a male juvenile all the way from Michigan. So you got a kid in Michigan, you got a kid in Texas who's cyberbullying him through um, the game. And because of the comments and threads and because of other people who were in the space of this, um, I guess you can say, during this game. And they knew he was online gaming at the time. One, because the game was on and he still had his he was still wearing his game gaming headset um, at the time or around the time of death. And they, you know did some tracking and the kid from Michigan basically saying, yeah, I said a few words, but I didn't think it was actually going to happen. Like I ain't mean all of that. And now you have um, this 15 year old who, which I don't see where the punishment is in this, but who will be on probation until he's 18. So three year probation for cyberbullying for another kid um, taking their own life. And I don't know, this is tragic. And so my challenge for that is just as we close out this year, I know there's a lot of families just throughout 2023 who, People thought they probably wasn't going to make it to 2024 as they made their plans. So our heart um, goes out to those families, not just these two families or those of the gunmen from UNLV or those um, from this kid from Texas, but those throughout the year who just had a hard time and Christmas will naturally look different. Like I'm just thinking about this family in Texas where parents aren't getting Christmas gifts for this kid. Or if they are, it's just like, hey, we're just going to put it in this room as a memento or as a memorial, so to speak. And I don't I can't even process like what they're going through with that. So parents, um, guardians, grandparents, whoever, older siblings, try to be mindful at what kids, your kids are doing when online and providing a better sense of guidance for them and around them. And we know social media, what it does to people. And we know when we look around the world, how hectic and how crazy it looks. So some of this is like people are just mimicking or imitating what they see. So we also as adults got to do better, not just watching them in a better sense, but also our behavior and our conduct has to be better. So that's what I got for us today as far as expound. And sorry for going from a high note of how we're going <laughs> to save a whole bunch of money and build our wealth and create the future that we want. But these are also just real situations and real lives where families will look a little different from the holidays. And when I was trying to think of what top stories, and there's a lot of other stories, but I was like, well, let me just highlight this um, to just let people know of what's going on in the world. Yeah. Sharika, Maggie, which I recommended for the people. Uh, those stories also remind me of just how we need to speak life into people and lift up, lift people in positivity. And, you know, you don't know how that can impact somebody in, in, in a better way and just, you know, change the traje trajectory of maybe the outcome of uh, other situations. So just, you know, especially during this holiday season, be kind, be loving, encourage and speak life. My recommend to you all, I've recommended this probably was, I think this was like my first recommend, but it's like a little spinoff. So 
It is the Hoopla app. I talked well, about I'm this. I recommend that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I, well, one, I want to talk about how easy it was. So I've moved, you know, guys, two years ago and I love the Hoopla app, but my, I was in my old county. They, they, they tried me and we used to have 12 books that we could do. Now we went down to six. So I was like, you know what? Time to hop over into my new county's book. So I literally on like, went online to find out, I'm like, do I got to actually go in person? Literally, they sent me a number. I text this number. Hey, I need, uh, I went online, did my online, you know, register for in my county for the library, went, um, texted the number. I was like, hey, I need my library card information. They were like, text me a picture of your, that your proof of ID, you know, proof that you live in this county. I texted it that they text me back my new, I, my new library card information. And they're like, we'll put it in the mail. I didn't even have to leave my premises. I didn't have to move anywhere. So listen, people, you can get a library card easy. No excuses. You don't even have to go nowhere. So that's why one, number one plug. Number two, I love the Hoopla app. And as you are preparing for your Christmas travels, if that's a plane ride, a long drive, get on the Hoopla app. There's lots of cute Christmas stories even ones for children, you know, whole family can get on, you know, if I love the Christmas music, but you might be tired of hearing those Christmas songs and you, you don't want to hear that on the drive any longer. You know, you can queue up a lovely Christmas story where, you know, there's a lot of family friendly stuff and fun stuff on there, especially for the holiday season. So that's what I wanted to recommend to you guys. Get your library card. Get on the Hoopla app and, oh, and then if, if you're flying and you're like, oh, well, I won't have internet, you can download the books or whatever to your phone and you can still be able to listen to them. It's a lot of fun. So especially during the Christmas time, I'm trying to also watch the Christmas movies, but also listen to some fun Christmas stories. So that is my recommend for you guys today. Hmm. So I second um, Sharika. I definitely love the Hoopla app. Um, Adley and I celebrated, my husband celebrated our 15-year anniversary. And um, I enjoy just listening to Viola Davis's um, book on Hoopla. So if you have not, you know, heard that book, um, well, you know, heard of it or heard of her um, or her story, definitely her autobiography um, is definitely one to uh, listen to. Um and going back to what you were saying in terms of like, you know, watching um, what people are are doing and saying like with the holidays or whatever the case may be. Um, I know it's the holiday season and everybody's always happy and joyous, mm. but it's not a happy and joyous moment for everyone. Mm-hmm. So check on your people, right? Check on your friends, your people, um, family members, friends, anybody, you know, who has probably lost somebody during this time of year, because it's very triggering. Um, mm-hmm. So um, just be mindful of that as well. That not everybody's always, you know, um, celebrating. So a person that you haven't seen in a while, um, this is definitely the time of year where they might retreat or go back into their shell or whatever the case may be. So send them a text message, send them, you know, something, give them a call, um, just so they know that, you know, they're being thought of. So I definitely um, would say that. And I guess lastly, um, uh, uh, act of random kindness, you know, doesn't hurt anyone. So, um, you know, obviously it's the season, the tis the season, but, um, just in general, like find ways. Um, when we talked about goal setting, um, I guess my last tidbit, when we talked about goal setting, I always, uh, challenge my clients to put up a list of, they start off with a list of at least 50 goals that they're working throughout, um, that they cross off and then they add on. And it could be a goal as simple as, 
paying for somebody's meal in the car behind you to, you know, a lofty goal of like maybe, you know, paying off like your car or whatever the case may be. But in general, we should always have goals that we're working on. We should always be trying to progress towards something. So um, I challenge everyone to create a goals list of you can start off with 50 um, and, and work through that and see, um, you know, how much better um, I think your life would be because it just gives you more a sense of worth and purpose and different things like that. So um, that's my definitely. Tip. So a random act of kindness, a goals list, the hoopla, like just finding ways to check in on people. Um, and even with that goals list, as you mentioned, like it can go as simple as paying for somebody meal behind you or giving a random person or, you know, I know we talked about it on the podcast with Sharika and Sabrina, like maybe it's even just storing a couple five or $10 gift cards just because we, a lot of us don't carry cash. But like when our residentially challenged or our homeless brothers and sisters are looking for something, you know, say, hey, I don't have cash, but here's a McDonald's gift card. Here's a Starbucks gift card. And you will be able to just make their day where you're still providing a sense and you know, for those of us who believe in the Bible, we know how God will bless us and reward us for that as well. And if you know me, I don't necessarily like, I guess you could say comparing my life to other people, but my recommend comes from what we talked about today. And it is the Dave Ramsey show, whether it be the podcast, if you like to listen to it, but if you like to see his facial expression, him and his co-host, I tell you, just dive on the YouTube and you just Put in the Dave Ramsey show or just say like the Ramsey show and see some of the stories of what people are doing. And some of the people who because I know some of our listeners, I don't know all of our listeners, because we have some in different countries. But you'll hear some of even the amount of money that some of our friends around the world make and how they still continue to struggle because they don't have a zero base budget or zero line they, like they're not line item meaning everything. So um, he believes Dave Ramsey believes that you can. Still build wealth, even because of the no matter how crazy your life is, you can take control no matter, you know, the stupid mistakes that you have made. And you'll hear his I would say his personality, his joy, his wisdom um, through joy. these things. Some like <laughs> sure <goes> like joy. <laughs> it'd be it joy means, sometimes. <laughs> I mean, he is like. He's the financial judge, Judy. This is going in on the people. I was like, dang, dang. Well, I think, like, when it comes to Dave Ramsey, like, if anything, it'll help you light the fire underneath your butt, right? To get started to do what you need to do. I will tell you personally, and you guys already know this, um, that's how I started off with, you know, my my journey in terms of even getting out of debt was with, you know, Dame, uh, Dave Ramsey. And, um, you know, Adam and I were, like, over $100,000, you know, in debt um, because of medical bills or whatever. If you don't know the story, we probably want to listen to the, the older episode um because we're not going to go into greater details but um I, I definitely like you know Dave Ramsey's you know energy I think at times um but it's definitely um a great way to to just get routed up and just say you know enough is enough I'm not doing this anymore I'm tired of being broke this is ghetto let's <laughs> you know get your life together you know put fire underneath your butt and get moving so mm-hmm. definitely so as we close out he is, he is entertaining. definitely entertaining. He, he is I will entertaining. Say that. You might be like Dave, but you also be having a little chuckle sometimes. And you'd be like, okay, now. But he is very informative as well. So, definitely. you know, we've done that on some road trips. My husband would just have us on a Dave Ramsey cycle. And I'd just be like, okay, is this a hint? I mean, what's going on? <laughs> like, we got to figure it out. Like, you heard what he said. Let's go. We, we got to get to it. 
<laughs> but um, and you've already heard, like you can hit up Charles Financial um, Solutions dot com or on Instagram for those of you yeah. who love um, checking out the socials. But remember, her goal, Maggie's goal as your financial coach is to empower you as an individual and maybe even you as an individual, which stems off from your family and your generations to come to eliminate debt. Um, grow your savings and build your wealth. And in building your wealth, you'll be able to live your best life and you'll be able to create the life that you want and not necessarily mm-hmm. the life that you're currently living or the one that has been handed to you. And that's one of the hardest things, um, especially for a lot of people, not just, I would say, minorities or people of color, but for a lot of people, like you, you have that struggle um, where the life that has been given to you or handed to you has, you like you already started out in the decline. Like mm-hmm. from your name being on somebody else's credit, like you got stuff on your credit report the first time you checked it, stuff that you've never done, never seen, or like, oh, that was my mom's car, or that was dad's car, or that was big brother or big sister. Like all of us, I don't say all of us, but a lot of people have different stories of where some of those struggles come. Or even sometimes it was you, that random act of kindness, where it's like, hey, can you put your name on this? Can you mm-hmm. co-sign? And it's like, you're not knowing that this is wrong or not knowing that you can't trust everybody because everybody don't take care of debt the same way or everybody don't handle their responsibility the same. So I would, again, recommend that you just reach out to her or find somebody who you can hold accountable, as she said at the top um, of the show, of just having an accountability partner who can help you through this. Um, and as always, if life tries to knock you down, I would say today, this is different. Because if life tries to knock you down, make sure you stack up. Because that's the only way you're going to live your best life. Until next time.